Hey guys, this is Alessio coming at you before the episode to say thanks to some very special friends of ours. I wanted to say thank you to Sean Loser, Dean, Chase Cortez, Terry Wolf, Matt J, A-K-I-R-C-E-V-I-C, Ben Lewis, Winfred Casters, who, by the way, will have a very special 150-word message read on a special interview that is upcoming, Henrik Ness, Scott Fox, the one and only, Michael Nilsson, Joshua Wiley, Brady, Louise Marine Jr., Josh Shearmer, sorry, Jack Keating, Matt Smith, Nick Ziegler, Will Frechette, Joseph Hanawalt, Tori Cortez, Tyler Nunez, Joshua Mason, Stephen, I think it's Chin, Chine, C-H-Y-N-N, Jamie Christopher, Joey Cusera, uh, Zach James, Akira Birdman, Brandon Parks, Joshua James, Sam Whitaker, Kyle, Cole Duncan, and our newest friend, Adam Gard. So yeah, thank you guys so very much. This episode would not be possible without you, and uh, this show would not be running to this day if it was not for you guys. So I just wanted to throw that out there here at the top of this episode, and uh, there will be more to say to our lovely, lovely patrons on upcoming episodes and our outer op. So enjoy this episode. Thanks, guys. Ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome to a very, 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 very special episode of Metal Gear Mondays, Jesus. the Games Club-style podcast covering all things Metal Gear from top to bottom, left to right, inside and out, in pseudo-historical recreational order. As always and forever, I am sometimes your host, Alessio Summerfield, and this week, we're bringing you a very special episode, if you didn't hear it before. <laughs> uh, we we interviewed David Hayter. Wow. We did it. You're not even going to let us introduce ourselves before you. I'm sorry. We don't need uh, that. Who am I joined by? Wow. I don't even know if I want to tell you anymore. <laughs> no, I'm Sam Wright. And I'm Isaac Panda Bear Lim. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's for the Renton episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Come we, on, got, we got Grizzly I'm Sam. I'm Sam Kuma Bear, Bear Wright. <laughs> and that's Isaac Panda Bear Lim. I love it. And I'm Alessio Camera Bear. Um, Yeah, this is a this is a fucking momentous occasion of uh, magnitude not yet tracked on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, We've we I don't know. I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. We fucking we did it. You guys. We, uh, I I think as of when we recorded with David, it had been roughly two months from the time we interviewed with Cam. Mm -hmm. So in two months, we went from no cast members to like most of them, (laughs) most cast members. It's nuts. You guys, this whole thing has been such a surreal journey and, uh, this is insanity. Uh, this, this episode existing is one of the craziest things that's ever happened in my life. And as crazy, and the crazy, crazier thing of it is too, the only one we've done in person, which yeah, is and wild. Yeah. And it's First, fucking David Hater. Yeah. And the craziest thing, it was shot and recorded in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We were in a catering cabinet. <laughs> we were. 
I we yeah. were t- we were toe to toe quite literally yeah. with David Hayter. Yeah. I think so. One, cool. one, I think my favorite thing about the whole interview, aside from how surreal it was to be talking to David Hayter, right before we started recording, David's on his phone and he just goes, "Hey, you guys seen uh, Billy Corgan on a roller coaster?" It's like, no, what? And then he showed us this video of of a Smashing Pumpkins song superimposed of a roller coaster going, it's fucking hilarious and you need to watch it. Um, I will say from that moment, um, I've shown that meme to so many people. And I've been like, hey, I'm like, have you guys seen this? And then they'll watch and they're like, that's fucking hilarious. And I'm like, yeah, you know who showed that to me for the first time? (laughs) David Hayter. (laughs) And they're like, what? (laughs) But, well, one. usually they're like, who is that? But then mm. certain people are like, what? <laughs> but uh, yeah, you guys, this is this is wild. Um, I just want to say massive shout out to Emilio with the Renton City Retro, um, Emilio Morales, and uh, just massive shout out to everybody working uh, for Renton City Retro and just being so kind. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think we should give a little bit of context. Um, we have, we didn't realize, um, I still don't think we quite realize just how legitimate, I guess, in a sense, the podcast has become. And so when we were going to the Renton City Retro, it never once crossed my mind to reach out to Mm -hmm. obtain like press status. Um, And I didn't realize it until like a couple days before. And I went, oh, fuck, we should probably reach out. I know it's probably too late, but I at least want to let them know that we're coming. And so I emailed the um, contact email and I said, hey, like we run this podcast. We're going to be traveling from across the country. I know it's a little late, but is there any way we could get time to interview somebody or can we get a press badge or whatever? I don't know how this works. Can we make something work? And they responded and they were, I mean, they were very kind. And I believe it was Emilio directly because <laughs> if you listen to yeah. the episode that comes out before this, uh, <laughs> he calls us those Metal Gear assholes yeah. <laughs> um, in, in good, in good. Spirit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like not like, yeah, he didn't mean yeah. it. And like, yeah, all, and, and all so, credit to him, he was just like, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, we could probably find you something. We'll find you sometime. Um, and true to his word, he did, and we were able to sit down with David for a time, thanks to um, Emilio. And and he didn't have to do this because, of course, we did not reach out in time for a press thing. But he let us have time with uh, with David, and we got our interview. So all all shouts out to to um to Emilio and and Marcel and 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 Tashia and all the people that work on uh that work on Renton City Retro for for having us and for allowing us to have this dream making opportunity honestly dude it felt like a, the scene from Anchorman with the jazz flute uh, because <laughs> we 100% I mean we didn't bring gear to record at the show other than like a little handheld recorder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't expect it like I thought okay we're going to approach David we're going to give him the elevator pitch and we'll just schedule something for outside of the convention time mm-hmm. um, and hopefully just talk to him over over the internet like we have been um, but then it was actually David who was like oh no 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 I want to do it while I'm here mm-hmm. um, he was like when I go home I'm home yeah. So when I'm here, I want to work because I'm working. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, and then we were just sort of like, guys, we got to put together a quick like kit. We got to, it was very like um, uh, Ron Burgundy, uh, come to the stage. And we were just like, we're not ready as we pulled microphones out <laughs> of our sleeves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do want to tell this embarrassing story. Um, I... <laughs> So we set up some phone recorders in the room. I set up the handheld recorder in the room. We set up a bunch of backup contingencies just in case anything went to hell. 
Um, and then I set up the actual main microphone and I set up our microphone. And uh, I was so starstruck and nervous that I didn't realize until about two minutes into the interview that I was not rolling on David's microphone. And I looked down. So David was looking down at the floor at the recorder. And I followed his eyes to the recorder and noticed that nothing was recording. And I think David knew, but I think he was trying to be cool about it. Mm -hmm. And so I went like, oh, like in my head, I was like, oh, fuck. And I just like very calmly hit the record button and kept going like nothing had happened. Um, And then my dumb ass, uh, uh, right after we finished, the first words out of my mouth to Sam and Isaac are, (laughs) I was like, so I didn't record. And they went, what the (laughs) fuck? And I'm like, and then I did everything. No, it was really, no, it was really funny because me and I, it was because he said that. And me and Isaac immediately was like, what are you talking? Like we both flipped and he was like, but, but I caught it. We only got like three minutes and the rest of it got it. And we were just looking at him. I was like, you got to lead with that brother. What are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. So when you're listening to the interview, if the first two minutes sound like it's just like a a lot of room tone and yada, yada, yada. I mean, obviously in the edit, I'm going to try and clean it up as best as I can. But for the first couple of minutes, you're going to hear kind of like a couple different iPhones recording voice memos. You're going to hear like the room recorder in the in the middle of the room. It won't sound fantastic. But then once the actual recording kicks in, I'm going to cut to that audio. So just as an Mm -hmm. FYI. The whole thing is not going to sound like garbage just the first couple minutes. So and I apologize. Actually, um, there's a picture on, I, I guess, all the social medias. Yeah, I, it was, it was the a exact moment that Alessio yeah. realizes it and and hits the, he's hitting the record button. Yeah, on the in the photo. Mic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. You probably saw it, saw it on social media. I was using it as like a profile picture. We posted it on our Instagram, some other places, but like the um yeah i'm i'm ho- i'm holding a microphone talking to david david's looking at me asking him a question unless he's just kind of like leaning over and i think we just like the the moment caught what where were you when the moment was caught on film <laughs> yeah i think if you pinch and zoom enough you can see the horror in my eyes yeah, yeah if you really look closely yeah but uh yeah this is crazy what do you guys think of talking to david ah, well, right. I, i'm no <laughs> blast yeah, it, it it was a little nerve wracking because, it, like you said, it was the first interview we had done in person, mm-hmm. and all the interviews that I like, I guess I had been on in the past, um, up to that point, we were able to kind of like have our own um, kind be of conversations to try to like to figure out, huh? <laughs> be in our underwear? Is that be, what you're trying yeah. to say? Be comfortable. I wasn't able to. Skin. I wasn't able to lay vertical in my bed when. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I wasn't able to like secretly go and pee while the interview was going on. <laughs> but no, yeah, we were able to usually kind of uh, figure out questions like who's asking what. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of just very ad hoc with David Hader. Mm-hmm. Just staring at us. He was like, what are you yeah. doing? What's going on? How are we doing this? And it's just like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. And honestly, and I think, and it was our first in-person one, I think, I think just for the nature of it, it was like, it was such a last second thing that yes. I think perhaps we would have been a little bit more prepared had we had a little bit more notice, which is not anybody's, anybody's fault, obviously. Right. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think we did good under the circumstances yeah. and we got like a nice yeah. tight, tight amount of time with David. We got some fun answers from him and had a good ass time. Yeah, I think um, for a little extra context as well, like Emilio told us on Friday 
that he'd be willing to set up some time. We weren't sure when. Mm -hmm. And so I think that Friday night with like booze in my system and just being half asleep at like one o'clock in the morning, um, me and Sam and Isaac watched a bunch of recent David Hater videos. Isaac oh passed God. out. It was so funny. Then, it was, uh, I wish there was like somebody documenting that moment. Cause um, Alessia was sitting in my, my computer chair watching it. I was laying like, I was like kind of like half like laying half sitting on one side of my bed. And Isaac was just like passed out, like his legs hanging off the end of the bed. On the what can I say, side. man? You got a comfortable bed. Man knows how yeah. memory foam, baby. That man knows how to get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so we we cranked out the interview questions, not sure if we were gonna have to interview David like Saturday morning or mm -hmm. Sunday night or Monday. Like we didn't know what was going on. So we cranked him out. And then on Saturday, I don't think we had an opportunity to interview David. And then I think Well, it was on it, kind of it was on like it was like right at the end of the day on Saturday. It was like, oh, okay. I thought it was Sunday. Mm -mm, because no, okay. it wasn't Sunday. Because that was when we like really got into talking to Gerald and all that on Sunday. That's right. That's right. That's um, right. uh, but, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was like he had maybe like thirty minutes left at the booth, and he was taking a break, and he was just like, "Yeah, let's knock this out at this point," and we did. Yeah, very sweet guy. Um, David was super kind. Um, I will say, very funny guy. Like, yeah. and I don't mean funny like funny ah ha ha ha, but like funny like uh, subtle, like yeah. very subtly clever and mm -hmm. quick. Yeah, he's very um, like he's he's a very intelligent dude. And which which like w that wasn't in question in the first place, but just seeing it was just like whoa okay <laughs> yeah very calm too like mm -hmm. i it's weird i've never encountered somebody who's just so zen all the time um but i will say i mean just like the little things like let it be known on record that david Hayter remembers details and is just like very kind about it mm -hmm. um because like not only like and there's the panel video which if you go on youtube or check out the um paul uh paul uh Iding uh, uh, post on our website, you can click the link to see the panel that Randall um, uh, Randalling, yeah. hosted. And um, David even remembered that like I was on his laser tag team in the middle of the panel, which caught me off guard and made me super happy. And then like uh, when I think one of my favorite moments, and it may have been Saturday after the interview, um, uh, uh, it, it was Gwen, right? Gwyneth, mm -hmm. um, his, uh, agent or booking person um she was like okay i think i remember your names and she was like all weekend trying to remember our names so she was like she was like isaac sam and then she looked at me and what did she say she was artissimo. like artissimo artissimo that's right and then i was like no and she was like oh, alfredo and then i was like i was like come on even david remembered my name and david looked over and he goes hey alfredo and i was like <laughs> and then as we're going to leave he goes have a great night alessio and just shoots me like a little smirk and i was like you son of a bitch i love you <laughs> So very kind guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think you guys are really going to enjoy the, the interview. Um, it, this is going to be a little bit shorter because David was pressed for time. So I know typically we try to get an hour. Um, but for this interview, we only had him for about half an hour. So, um, but I think it was a really good half an hour. And now we've yeah. got the, the perfect, it's just a box. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Um, do you guys want to talk anything else about this or should we just dive right in? I think we've done we've done we've done our due diligence. Should we should we do our quick promo stuff? Just get knocked. Oh, out. for sure. Yeah, let's go ahead and plug all the things. Um, yeah, if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, um, or get more show, or find everywhere that the show is, or watch um, you Mr. Go to Metal show. Gear Mondays. 
Yeah. <laughs> you go to metalgearmondays.com, click our YouTube link, and then search Mr. Show. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can go to metalgear, metalgearmondays.com to find all the episodes and all the um, posts with links and stuff. You can also find there all of our links to like Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, yada, yada, yada. Um, if you want to support the show, you can also do so there as well. Um, there's a link that'll take you to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Mondays, And you can also buy official Metal Gear Mondays merchandise, like cool t-shirts designed by Sam. Hi. at bit.ly slash MGM store. Um, yeah, we're also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, yeah, it's Metal Gear Mondays everywhere except for Twitter where it's Metal Gear Monday. Boys, where can they find you online, Sam? <laughs> you can find me on the internet at Sandal. That's S-A-N-J-U-U-L. You can, you can also find me at various Red Robins across the East side Seattle area. You'll you'll understand yeah, you'll, that. You'll find weeks. out. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Isaac, where can people find you? Hey yeah. Um just go to doesn't have a twit and that's where I'll be. Doesn't have a twit.com dot co dot uk. <laughs> what where? <laughs> doesn't have a twit dot co dot uk. UK. <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> Jesus, um, yeah, Isaac. If if everybody tags him enough in our Discord channel, he might actually respond at some point. Isaac, didn't you jump in at one point and just say one thing and leave? He did. Uh, did I? I think. Yeah, I was that remember this? Was that him or James? Oh, oh no, it was James. James just like unannounced said something and then was never seen again. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, yeah, Sam and I are regulars at the bar yep. that is our Discord server. Yep. Um, but sometimes Isaac and James might creep in and wave and leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drive but, by. Uh, He's like, oh, yeah. I brought some more milk. I'll be back when the milk's gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, our, uh, yeah, if you pay a dollar a month, uh, which is the minimum tier, you get access to our Discord. Um, and then it goes up from there. $2 a month gets you an extra podcast and episodes sometimes extremely early. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes the day before. Sometimes an hour before. Yeah. It really just kind of runs the gamut. But mm-hmm. usually we try and be at least a week or two early. So. Yeah, you can find me at AC Summerfield on pretty much everything. Uh, ACSummerfield.com. I've got to update all that stuff. It will probably be updated by the time you listen to this because your boy is moving to New York City. Whoop, whoop. I got to make a good impression. So, yeah, fuck it. Let's just jump right in. Um, hey, David, how are you? Hey, guys. Don't <laughs> do that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, here's the interview. All right, well, um, we're here live from Renton City Retro with David Hader, Mr. Solid Snake and stuff. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. <laughs> thanks for having me. Absolutely, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, it's been it's been a pretty great weekend so far. Have you been enjoying your time here? Or been having a great time. I uh, I don't know if you told. Your listeners yet about our epic uh, laser tag game last night, Not Solid yet. versus Liquid. <laughs> Not quite. Well, yet. they'll tell you that whole story, and that was pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, had a great party last night. Great, very nice um, day meeting all the people today and seeing the booths and hanging out. And I expect it to continue to be excellent. Very cool. Um, to get, we'll just jump right into it here. Um, you do a lot of events like this, mm-hmm. and with your screenwriting and with 
everything that you do with acting and what have you, um, you imagine you're very busy. What keeps you coming out to things like this? What keeps you coming back to interactive things? I think uh, primarily my mortgage. <laughs> uh, I, live a, live a, I live in a pretty expensive house, so... Uh, <laughs> No, uh, um, I mean, yes, that is a big factor. Um, but it is, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're here with Gerald Rivers, and who does M. Bison, and it's his first time, and he's like, you know, why are we even doing this? And I'm like, you know, after you start doing a few, it's, it's really fun, and the people are so nice, and you get to go to all these amazing cities, and... Every city I go to, I look up like the three best restaurants in town, and I go to those. And um, you hang out with celebrity. I've gotten to know Carrie Elways and Sean Astin and all the Back to the Future guys and, and Leah Thompson. And uh, you, you know, it, it just—it's kind of fun. It's like it's—it's it's like being a touring musician, but it's not as much work. <laughs> you know, you sort of just go and people tell you you're awesome all day, and then you go out for a big fun night, and then you fly home. It's a good ego booster. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 really nice. It's a, it's um, you know, the travel of it is a little bit wearing, and you got to be on a lot of planes and stuff, and that's sort of a pain in the ass. But uh, but the actual events are are always fun and unique, and and um, and it's always an adventure. So yeah, so last night we got to play laser tag, which I never done before. <laughs> you know. He's neither cool. at a Camp Clark. <laughs> no, but he, he did pretty well. He didn't win, but he no, did pretty well. <laughs> so. um, hey, David. Hey. <laughs> really quickly, this is super surreal. So we've been doing this Metal Gear podcast for about four years. Oh, uh, yeah. It started out as uh, two two friends who had played every game in the series and two friends who hadn't. Right. So we had a four-person round table. We would like book club go through every one of the games, yeah, kind of like in chapters. Right. Um, and it's only recently that it became like interview focus right and cam was our like he kicked the door open for us to do these oh cool like after cam everybody was like we talked to jeremy blaustein who translated yeah, the yeah. first game of course um and it's like one would lead to another and then another and then another and the whole thing's been super surreal and this feels like the pinnacle of the surreality of it all <laughs> <laughs> now it's the holy grail so the most so for us this is the probably the, the most surreal thing for you i wanted to ask have you had any like super surreal moments at conventions have you found yourself starstruck before oh uh starstruck um or just like weird fan interactions or... yeah well oh yeah i mean i signed a guy's prosthetic leg a couple weeks ago and Whoa. um yeah that was kind of cool and you know i get a lot of i get a lot of uh military uh members of the military and a lot of them that say they joined up because of me and i'm like please don't say that because <laughs> um, that's a lot of pressure and a lot of special forces guys and um, stuff like that and you know I got to um, well I met Barry Bostwick and, and uh, Little Nell from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show not too long ago I got to have lunch with Wallace Shawn from uh, <laughs> that's inconceivable that's right <laughs> that's right and um, yeah I mean I get to do some really cool stuff so um uh, uh, yeah, like I say, each each different place is is a is a new sort of feel and adventure and city. I was in Dublin in November, and that was awesome. I was in Dublin. I went out for drinks with um, uh, Stephen Ogg, who plays Trevor in yeah. Grand Theft Auto Five, yeah. 
and I was like, like Westworld and uh, yeah and I was like oh this we're gonna get into a brawl with somebody (laughs) you know and he's just this big intense guy and he's sort of in everybody's face and then I, I was like oh my god we're gonna get in a brawl and he goes Oh no, I can't fight, man. I, I don't know. How to fight. <laughs> like, oh, he was ready for oh, it. Oh no! I'm like, I have to. Have, I'm gonna have to handle this whole thing. Oh no! Um, but yeah, it's been. It's it's pretty. A lot of great experiences. That's awesome. Um, kind of to follow up on that, we uh, as we've been kind of going through and collecting these Metal Gear interviews in this weird way, I guess. Um, we've kind of encountered that, like, I mean, with Cam, like he spoke today. They sort of show up. They read their lines. They they're there in the moment. They do a killer job. But mm-hmm. for some folks, like they just kind of move on mm-hmm. um, and yet like everyone that we've talked to has always been like oh you need to talk to David like he's the right. guy who's like invested right. and so I'm going to ask like what is it about Metal Gear that, that do you find it like an obligation to be invested are you genuinely invested like I'm sure it yeah both I mean I I, I because, because I spend my time talking to thousands of Metal Gear fans I like to um, I like them to feel that I know the the mythology and the story and everything. I, I don't I don't understand all of it, and I I don't follow all of it, but I know it better than most of them. I mean, you know, like you say, most of the, when we do a Metal Gear game, they put me in a booth, and then for months they just bring in the best actors in the world to come and do scenes with me, and they come and they go, but me I'm there for the whole thing. So me and then Christopher Randolph plays Otacon. Um, we, you know, we're a little more invested for the for the long run, and uh, and I have a better understanding of it. And also because I played the games myself, and I, you know, I uh, I love them, and and so a lot of my information comes from playing them. Because sometimes from the script, you don't really understand the context of what's happening. So. Were you a, a gamer before, or did this kind of kickstart you? And kind of- oh no, no, no! I've been. I mean, ever since uh, since they invented Pong, and since they nice. invented. <laughs> I mean, when I was 12, they invented arcades, you know, where you had stand-up consoles, and 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 um, so uh, no, I've been doing it since the beginning, and and then you know, and then I should have grown out of it about about the time they came out with the PlayStation, but then they came out with the PlayStation, yes, <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, I could have this in my house, like, what are you talking about? So, um, yeah, I used to have an Intellivision from Mattel, like when I was a boy, little boy, and you know, so I've been doing it for forever. I can't remember if it was yesterday at the party or at the panel, but you had mentioned something about staying up till four in the morning playing. Oh no! A game well, it was an interview some... that we watched last night. Oh yeah, we watched. Um, what was it? Uh, the Electric Playground. Yeah, that you did two you months were, ago. Yeah, uh-huh, we were talking yeah, about yeah. how you stayed up. What what like have you been playing recently? As far as like just to keep yourself busy. Well, you know, it's so fun. I I I'm obsessed with uh, Civilization Four. That's probably what kept me up till till four in the morning um and i just rediscovered battle for middle earth 2 on the on the xbox 360 so that's an amazing game um i've been playing the new god of war uh uh what else oh yeah well victor who did that interview he recommended the kingdoms of amalur from like 2012 so i got that and i've been playing that it's a weird kurt schilling the baseball player was like the one who invested in that game. Oh, is that right? Very strange. Yeah, yeah it's a cool game though, yeah, and and cool. um, yeah, so just stuff like that. That's awesome. Um, so this is kind of a pet question for me. Um, so Castle Cogliostro, the uh, Lupin movie, was like yeah. one of my favorite movies growing up. It's amazing. That movie, and the yeah. fact that you were the voice for like the original English dub is yeah. insane. Um, it wasn't the original. There was an there was an English dub by oh, Bob right. Bergen, like and that was that was before me. Um, I think in the late 80s, and then I did mine in 93. I was working with um, with a studio in, in California that did uh, 
that was doing anime dubs on mass, like really bringing anime to to the states. And so, um, yeah, they just called me up, and I'd been doing this. So it was me, the sort of the big actors there were me, Steve Blum, and Brian Cranston. Oh wow! Yeah, before we all had our big breaks, and you know, um, and they'd pay us fifty bucks an hour, and we'd do these things. So they asked me if I would come down, and they were like, "We want you to play the lead in this movie." And I'm like, "Well, all you have to do is ask." And so. So I did, and then we were doing, you know, we started with the big car chase mm-hmm. at the beginning of that film, and I was like, this is an amazing movie. Like, it's really beautifully directed. And I, I don't think I found out for another decade that it was Hayao Miyazaki's debut film. So that was really a huge honor to have had a part in that. Right on. You know? Yeah, did you, so have you and, have you and Stephen Bloom uh, worked together? Because I know, so you also played Zdornov in Peace Walker. That's for right. Gear. So it, like, Zdornov. That's, that's our one in. That's like the one thing Somebody that I was polish like, Zdornov. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, <laughs> make that show all the time. Oh, do you? Oh, good, good. So I good. thought yeah, I just made I was, it <laughs> I was like, that's our one way to like get him on the show eventually at some point, but he's done so many iconic voices. So like, oh, do yeah, you guys work together like after Lupin and all that, like that time frame? Well, just, just, um, just for Peace Walker... Uh, we may, I think we're in things together, but in terms of working together in the booth, the last one was Peace Walker. Okay. So, and well, so I was curious about that, too. But, I mean, I know him. I, I, yeah. I love him to death. I see him at these things. Yeah. In fact, somebody came up to me recently. Uh, I was at a con somewhere, and this guy's like, oh, my God, are you who I think you are? And I was like, uh, yeah, probably. And he goes, oh, my God, Steve Blum, it's such a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> That's amazing. I was like, well, close, you know. <laughs> Well, because I was going to ask, I know a lot of the folks that we talked to other than Debbie Mae West essentially said that they kind of walk in, do their isolated kind of reading, and walk out. Mm. And Debbie specifically had said that she was in the room with you doing some of those scenes Uh, for MGS1. Yeah, almost all of them are. I I really, before we would do any of those games, I'd insist that we do the scenes together because they're so cinematic. And I wanted to make sure that um, it... it, that it was playing naturally, that it felt like we were really talking to each other like we are now, you know. And so um, so really, a lot of the games, some people had to record on their own because of timing. Um, but for the most part, like Metal Gear 3, we had a booth with five chairs set up, and they'd bring in, like, all the people, and we'd act them out together. You've, you've kind of mentioned, we heard on your panel, that, um, that you were called in by Chris... Zimmerman, mm-hmm. um, or Jennifer Hill, depending on who you ask. <laughs> Called in by Chris, possibly, possibly at Jennifer's urging. Yes. Um, what was the the, process, the like the audition process for Snake like? Um, I went to this weird house in uh, in Hollywood that had been converted into a sound studio, um, and uh, they the Yoji Shinkawa artwork was up on the walls and I sort of got an idea of what that was. Then they gave me the sides. I went outside, I practiced them, uh, went into the living room, which had been turned into this sound booth. And, and, um, and I just auditioned and that was it. I just read a few scenes. And then, uh, about a week later, uh, Jennifer Hale called me and said, you're going to be in this show. <laughs> Do you remember? Do you remember who you auditioned with? Like who you talked to and read, read scenes with, or was it just like Snake? It was just Chris. Okay. Oh, oh, what scenes? Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I just read Snake. I okay. think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have to like squint to read. This is your fault. Um, so I think we'd be remiss in, remiss in asking um, if we didn't ask this, um, and you can feel free to you know pass on the question. But oh, I will. Did yeah. you ever? <laughs> did you ever speak to? Chris or anybody else about auditioning for Snake or coming back for five at all? 
or did you, yeah. were you just kind of blindsided by that? No, I, well, I, uh, both. I was, um, I knew that they were gearing up for five, and uh, so I was down at the studio where we recorded four, and one of the producers was there, and I said, well, why don't we get a beer? And so we got a beer, and I said, I understand um, you're gearing up for five. Should we start talking about the deal? And he said, uh, yeah, we won't be needing you on, on this one. So, so that was it. Wow. Yep. Wow. That was it. That was the end. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it was a little, I mean, you know, I, 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 you know, you work in Hollywood long enough, you take the ups and you take, take the downs, but that was kind of rude. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you mentioned that uh, Snake Eater was your favorite game from the series. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any good uh, favorite memories, I guess, from the recording sessions? Any anything that you had with other act, uh, other the cast members? Well, I mean, recording the stuff with Lori Allen with the boss was amazing. Like the the that that end sequence with with her is it's just so tragic and beautiful, and um, and that was pretty cool. But I mean, working with Jim Piddick as as Major Zero, and um, and uh, Eva, who I'm not going to tell you who she is. <laughs> that's, a, that's a secret to this day that we it's have no idea. It's a secret to this day. Well, I, I have an idea, but um, <laughs> but she's really awesome. And um, uh, doing all the you know the movie stuff with Paramedic was really cool. And yeah, it was all really fun. That game, you know. Was that one? Was that also very similar to your experience with one, and where you recorded together with everybody? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Everybody was together on that one. So yeah. Um, you, you talked about Lori and the boss. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of debate in the fan community and within the games themselves, really, about what the will of the boss is. Mm-hmm. Um, people fight over it. That's like the whole thing with Zero and Snake and Big Boss and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of interpretation on what she wanted in the end, the boss's will? I well, I believe she explains. I mean, it's been a while since I played it or read the script, but I believe that what she was doing was weakening the Soviet position from the inside, and to do that, she had to pretend to turn traitor. Um, but in the end, she was doing it uh, on behalf of her country, uh, and sort of illustrating that sometimes you've got to give up everything you love and believe in to protect the 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 ideal of what you're fighting for so um so i'm pretty sure that was the will of the boss uh there may be more debate and there may be people who know it in more detail than i do but that was the gist that i got because well i'm I'm sure they will um but but in the end you know the fight was very clearly you know she wanted me to win and she needed me to take her out and that you know and it's so amazing because you know, typically you're fighting a villain and you want to take them out, and this time you don't want to, and they force you to pull the trigger on her, and and it's uh, it, it was just such an amazing, brilliant sort of mind manipulation. You know, I don't mean to completely age myself and my cast members, but oh, please. I, I think I was like six, sixteen or seventeen years old, staying up in this kid's bedroom, <laughs> playing with headphones on because he had never he never even knew what the hell Metal Gear was, and I had like 
just got yeah. I just got I just got to the end of the game and I wanted to like finish it, so I brought mm-hmm. it to his house. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like headphones on in the corner on a little TV, just like playing and just like silently crying during <laughs> oh, the end yeah. of that game. Oh yeah. So I yeah, it's super powerful. Um, but I wanted to ask you. Speaking of bad guys, um, our listener of our show, Liquid Metal Mike, uh, uh, asked the he wanted us to ask you: Do you have any personal favorite enemies or villains that Snake has dealt with? Yeah, well, Sniper Wolf um, and her. Her death scene was incredible, and Tasia Falenza is, is still a, an old friend of mine. And, um, I mean, there's so mad. Vulcan Raven and Psycho Mantis and, um, let's see, there's Phil Lamar as Vamp. It was pretty awesome. And um, Metal Gear Ray, Metal Gear Rex, the Shagohod, uh, the boss, the pain, the fury, the sorrow. You're just I mean, listing all of them now, David. <laughs> yeah, because I love them all. Uh, I mean, fair. you know, wild. and that then the final the final fight with with Liquid Ocelot on uh, on the submarine in, in Metal Gear Four. I mean, that was astounding. Right. So right. yeah, I mean, I I mean, look, I'm as big a fan as most people. So <laughs> yeah. I like a lot of them. Yeah, we're excited. I think uh, in June we might be talking to Phil. So oh, great. it's gonna be a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, but yeah, the kind of to get to the end of our uh, specific like Metal Gear questions. We'd have a little bit of a super quick speed round for you after this. Yeah, sure. um, I wanted to ask you, and I've been dying to ask you this question, as somebody who now is, I mean, I would say more so now, uh, uh, like kind of deep into professional screenwriting, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on the script that you were reading for any of these games? Like, what did you think of the dialogue? What did you think of the writing while you were, whatever you can say, of course, I don't want to. I, you know. Say no more. Uh, no, no, no. I, uh, no, I, well, look, I, I, his, uh, Kojima's writing is very different from my writing. Um, and a lot of it is strange and elliptical, but a lot of that is also kind of the nature of Japanese storytelling, which is not quite as linear as, as Western sort of three, three act structure and, um, and yeah, some of it was very weird, and some of it I didn't under- I didn't understand why that guy was meowing, for example. Or- <laughs> I didn't I know. Does. Yeah, I didn't know what kuobara kuobara meant or anything like that. And you know, and sometimes I'd say, you know, can we change this to something that makes sense? And 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 they'd say no, and so I'd say okay. So so we just do it. But but the impact of the writing on the fans, you know, lines that I didn't necessarily, I was kind of like, I don't really understand this, have profound impact on, on people. And, um, uh, and, and so you can't argue with that level of resonance and, and, and the fact that people just really got something huge out, out of the writing of it. So, I mean, I think they're, you know, the games are very, very long. There's a lot of talking and so on and so forth. But at the same time, that's just the nature of what Metal Gear is. So, so to succinctly answer your question, um, I couldn't have written them that way, but the way they're written is why they're Metal Gear. So um, it's so difficult to have a unique voice as a, as a writer, as a creator, and not have it sort of whittled down to its simplest uh, elements. So, um, uh, so yeah, so some of it confuses me. Some of it I'm like, well, wow, that's weird. Um, but for the most part, I'm like, what? it's an incredibly epic story. And because it's so elliptical, you're like, there's always edges you can look around and there's always more that you want to find out that you don't quite understand the whole thing. And, and that's that's a really compelling talent as well. So uh, so yeah, it's a whole rainbow of uh, feelings there. Awesome, thank you. Yeah. 
So we want to hit you with a quick speed round of questions. All right. Speed round. Um, number one, Solid Snake or Big Boss? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Perfect. <laughs> Huey or Hal? Oh, Hal. Come on. <laughs> this one's a little bit longer. Uh, what do you think Sonny and her two dads did at the end of Metal Gear Solid 4 when it was all said and done? Two dads, Otacon and Snake. Yeah, Otacon and Snake were the two dads, by the way. I'm going to say they sat down to a big uh, dinner of eggs. Uh, very good answer. by Sonny. Very good answer. Yeah. Um, See, I know my canon. <laughs> if you could write your own plot for a Metal Gear game, what would be like your log line, like your quick elevator pitch for it? Oh, I, 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 you know, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't answer that because I might end up writing on a Metal Gear or very, something, and I can't. Fair, it, fair. it would, it wouldn't. If Trade I, secrets. yeah, if I started, if I started talking about it, I couldn't use it anymore. Perfect. So I'm sorry. No, uh, which do you find more difficult, screenwriting or voice acting? Oh, <laughs> screenwriting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, voice acting is. I mean, it's not easy. It takes a lot out of you, and and um, but it's so fun. I mean, it's just it's just a blast to do every single time, even when it is difficult. And screenwriting, I I love it, and it's and it's very fun and it's very fulfilling. Um, but it's a lot of work, and you know, Lawrence Kasdan says it, it's like having uh, homework for the rest of your life, and that's that's what it is. I mean, it's a huge amount of rewriting. You have to. You know, you write something that you love, and then the studio's like, "Well, we don't like this. So you got to do it different." And so you got to change it around. And so um, it's a lot more stress uh, screenwriting. But I mean, it's a great way to make a living. I off script wanted to ask you, super quick speed round response: uh, Are you excited for Watchmen, the HBO series? <laughs> it's, it's coming out soon. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. I'm. Uh, yes. I'm. I'm curious to see uh, what. Uh, what that's all about i mean part of the thing about watchmen is it's and this is what i had to illustrate to every studio that we had that movie with it was the story that was really the driver of of that world you know it was it's not just the characters it's the clockwork plot of that whole thing so i don't know what they're going to do i don't have any inside information and you know i i hope that it's great and i hope that it helps sell more copies of the movie um. Uh. But I. But yeah. I. I don't know. I. I would find that a very daunting task to, to write a new version of Watchmen. I mean, you're really competing with Alan Moore's masterpiece. Yeah. And that's think, hard to do. I think it's supposed to be uh, after the movie, actually. So it's like in a whole. It looks uncharted. like it's hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. Lo- I mean, I. Th- it looks like Jeremy Irons is playing old Adrian. And, yep. Yep. You know that sort of thing. So. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be very cool, but, you know, that responsibility would be pretty serious. It's like saying, you know, can you write a sequel to Hamlet, you know? Right, and, and right. It's like, okay, maybe, I guess. But nice. it's going to be tough to compete with the dialogue. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. um, what's your favorite comic book author? Frank Miller. And Alan Moore, but I mean... <laughs> but Frank Miller, I mean, to the combination of him and his artwork, I mean, he's... He's just, you know, some of those pieces are just my favorite thing of all time. His Daredevil run, his uh, Dark Knight Returns, I mean, Sin City, it's astounding. It's astounding. He just floors me. And Neil Gaiman. Okay. Oh, nice. yes. Mostly uh, uh, Frank Miller. What's your current favorite band? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, favorite band? <laughs> I don't know. Um... 
of all time or just my current like just, what do I like now? Yeah, what are you listening to? You no, know, right I kind of I, I I I love uh Muse. Are they're kind of new to me, but they've been around for a while and um Imagine Dragons, I think okay. is really yeah, really a great band, you know. And uh, second favorite movie, because we know what your first favorite Raiders, movie is. Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jaws. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Love it. I have, a, I, have a, I have a quick one to throw in there, really quick. So, obviously, X-Men. Mm-hmm. With Disney getting the Fox merger and everything like that, who would you cast as Wolverine if you couldn't get Hugh Jackman? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's so, you know, it's so hard to, like, people are like, you know, who did you envision as Wolverine when you were writing the movie? And I was like, me. <laughs> I don't, you know, because I started as an actor, all the characters I write are, are me in various, you know, in a skirt, in an office, whatever. And um, and so Wolverine to me is just Wolverine. He just exists. And anybody that I've envisioned putting into that role kind of limits it a little bit like I couldn't imagine you know there's a lot of actors who do a great job but but I I don't know I mean what you're going to need is somebody younger um who's up and coming who can properly play that um that there's, that, there's been some rumors about Zac Efron uh, okay uh <laughs> well they yeah no he he exists and um <laughs> You know, you know, Ted Bundy, Wolverine, same. Look, I I really like Zac Efron. I I think he's I think he's I think he's a tremendous actor and he's very very handsome. Um, but it's like, it's like you know you think well maybe Charlie Hunnam or somebody because he's got so much such great viciousness. But it's like it's not all viciousness. It's also heart. And Zac Efron's got heart, but can he be that that just like vicious killer? Um, and maybe he can. I haven't seen the Ted Bundy movie. Um, it's Wolverine is just such a an amazing complex entity that I, I, and I don't know the younger actors well enough really to, I'm trying to think of somebody that I really love, but I, I, I don't know. I couldn't say offhand. Nice. Um, so, uh, we've got quite a few Canadian listeners. I think oh, last yeah. time we checked is like 39% of our yeah, listener base is Canadian. Canadian. Oh, come on. Well, that's yeah. And in Canada, that's like 60%. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, so I was going to ask, just because, like, uh, I know we asked Donna Burke to do this for our Aussie listeners, of which we have Uh, quite a few as well. Do you have anything that you want to say to the Canadian fan base out there? Yeah, you know, listen, I just wanted to say that I really appreciate you guys paying some attention to me. I'm just a, you know, I'm just a young boy from Mississauga and and making my way in the world. Uh, So go out there, and I hope you keep enjoying my entertainment, and I hope I'm not getting too big for my britches. And if I am, well, you know what? What the hell? You and me down by the bike racks, no buddies. I love it. Um, so Ontario. yeah, Ontario. Yeah. Right, right on, eh? You're um, all right. So yeah, I think uh, that. I mean, well, I can do it in Australian too, if you like. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, but yeah, so we want to be respectful of your time. Um, obviously, uh, we're just super grateful to have even been given an opportunity to even meet you. Oh, oh thanks, man. And uh, and so I just wanted to say on behalf of everybody who's followed us for this crazy four year journey, of which more people keep coming in which is nuts um this is like not just for us like this is for all of them um and like literally like they helped pay for flights for us to get out here Um, so i feel like we have to be the ambassadors for these people so i just want to say thank you on behalf of everyone one of our listeners well thank you for having me it's been a joy to uh speak with you and i 
I appreciate every, each and every one of you out there that, uh, that has been affected by Metal Gear, and I hope to uh, meet you at one of these events fairly soon. But in the meantime, I just want to let you know, you're pretty good. That was amazing. So, really quick. So we have, we have a way we kind of meander around to get to how we close out our show. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the guards in Metal Gear uh-huh. sneaking around in a box. Yeah. They say it's just a box. Just and a box. sign out. Yeah. Could we get Snake saying it's just a box to sign us out? It's just a box. Just a box. 